Welcome to day 99 of Shaped by the Word. We're almost at 100. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge as we continue. Uh, one of the most fascinating books, of course, I think I say that with every book we turn to <laughs> into the Old Testament, one of my favorite books in the New Testament, the book of Galatians. book of Galatians is in miniature what we have in the book of Romans, as Paul explains what it means to be justified by faith in life in the Spirit and how uh, our life in the Spirit accomplishes everything in us, for us, and through us that the law can never accomplish for us. So possibly the key point in Galatians will come tomorrow in chapter 3 uh, when he looks at the Galatians and he says, are you so foolish after having come to Christ through the Spirit? Are you now trying to continue in Christ through your own effort or through the flesh? Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul is not only defending uh, the gospel, but he is defending his apostleship. He's telling us that the message he has is a message that is in sync with the message preached in Jerusalem, but more important than that, a message that he received from Christ. So he gives us his history. When he first came to Christ, he withdrew for about three years, then went to Jerusalem for a couple of weeks. Then he withdrew and continued his ministry. And through Revelation, comes one more time to Jerusalem uh, to make sure that he's not running his his race in vain. So we come to Galatians chapter 2. But before we do, uh, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Katie, could you pray for us? Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for um, the opportunity to to go through this chapter of of Galatians together. And Father, would you, as we read and as we um, engage in the text, God, would you just reveal, continue to reveal more and more of your heart to us, um, what it means to live in the Spirit as opposed to living in the flesh, and um, what that means for just our everyday and how we continue to um, just lean on you and, and trust in you. So would you, um, through your Holy Spirit, would you continue to sanctify our hearts as we um, just read and engage in your word together? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. When in response to Revelation, in meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John. Those esteemed as pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. When Cephas came to Antioch, I posed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, but he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. 
The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. What a fantastic summary of the gospel. And of course, there is more here than we can uh, cover in a 15-minute session of Shaped by the Word, or more here than we can you know, possibly explore and experience you know, through, through our entire life. Mm. But this is the foundation you know, of the gospel, that we are justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not by anything we accomplish through ritual or through, or through law. So as we read Paul's story, his encounter with Cephas, who, by the way, is Peter, in case you were <laughs> wondering, uh, the Jewish name uh, for Peter or the Aramaic name for uh, Peter, uh, what are some of the things that stand out? Go for it. Oh, I, I mean, I have something, but yeah, we, we have <laughs> Kitty and Matt in yeah. a standoff here. <laughs> I wanted to be nice, but yeah, I was just thinking 14 but years. But you just decided not to be nice. <laughs> I mean, and go ahead anyway. Well, Sounds just good. in case you didn't have anything. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it's just nothing short of miraculous that after so long, 14 years of doing ministry without necessarily kind of checking with the other apostles, right? So isn't that miraculous that everything kind of matches up like i mean it's what he says it's the same god so the same god was the one who taught him all this theology all all the ways that jesus is the fulfillment right and is is the same god that was with peter and the other apostles and i think that's just miraculous and i've never really it's never really hit me in that way until now well god is you know working in both groups he's worked in peter uh, to break through a barrier of you know ritual cleanliness and foods that are clean or unclean that are appropriate or inappropriate, he's worked in Paul on the road to Damascus uh, when he realizes that Jesus is the Messiah that puts all the pieces together for him. And, and of course, you know the Old Testament. You know, for those who are steeped in the Old Testament, once you put in that final piece of Christ Jesus, it all begins to make sense. And, and it does, you know, create this wonderful, you know, gospel. And of course, the last piece of it is, you know, what he's addressing here is the fact that the blessings promised in the Old Testament didn't come through keeping the law. The blessings mm-hmm. promised in the Old Testament which are demonstrated by the gift of the Holy Spirit and the miraculous you know, signs that he is performing, the, the promise of the Old Testament are fulfilled through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so we are justified, declared right in God's sight uh, through faith in Christ yeah. or, or through his finished work. Yeah, and I, and I love you know, just what Paul's laying out here because the first chapter we looked at um, Friday, 
you know, Paul begins by kind of saying, it's God who called me to be an apostle. This is where my authority rests, you know, and you, we obviously know that in Galatia there was, you know, Judaizers or opponents that have come in and, and tried to discredit Paul's message or dis- discredit his apostleship or his authority. And and even here he, he doesn't say, you know, Peter and James and John, you know, granted my authority. He said they, they gave me fellowship, you know, that they received the message that I had received, you know, and it was the same message, it's the same gospel at work in the Jews and the Gentiles. And and I love even when he opposes Cephas and he opposes Peter, you know, it's it's the gospel's at stake, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not my authority was at stake, you know, my right to be an apostle, my right to share with the Gentiles. The very heart of what was at stake was the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and and right and for you know, for Cephas, uh, it was a matter of can we uh, does the gospel break down barriers and bring us into yeah. fellowship? With Gentiles, and of course he believed that, but he kind of hedged on it uh, when other people, you know, when other people showed up, mm-hmm. and that's part of an argument you're going to see Paul making, you know, through this. If we were trying to please people in our culture, in their culture, we would have, you know, just stuck with Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. It'd just be easy to circumcise everybody and have everybody observe Sabbath, mm-hmm. and uh, we could all live happily ever after. But he says much more is in stake there. If we are relying on circumcision and we're relying on special days to make us presentable to God, then we have missed the heart of what circumcision in special days pointed to all along, which has you know been finally you know fulfilled, uh, fulfilled in Christ. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, and talking about you know pleasing people or pleasing God, I mean, what a what a powerful statement. Verse six: That's for those who were held in high esteem. Whatever they were makes no difference to me. Mm-hmm. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. I mean, that's just a convictional statement because. We live in a celebrity culture, and when we walk into, you know, walk towards, and we see somebody that we hold into high esteem, it matters. Mm-hmm. But for Paul, yeah, the gospel is far greater. Yeah, he, he hurt my feelings there because I, <laughs> I hold these guys in high esteem, yeah. uh, you know, and Peter and James and Cephas and, and Paul himself, the apostles. Uh, you know, far different than celebrity pastors; those entrusted uh, by God with the, you know, with the very words of God, the words that nourish us and, and, and bring us. But I get exactly what he's saying. Behind all of that, they are no more, you know, than you or I are. They're sinful people redeemed by the grace, the grace of God, and we all stand equal before Him, not on our own works, but on the works yeah. that Christ accomplished through His life and His death and His resurrection and exaltation you know to the right hand of the father yeah. so they're in in one sense uh, the ministry they've been given is a blessing to us all in another sense they're no different you know than the rest of us in the need of god's grace hmm. i just like the picture of um accountability that you have between the two men and um because paul's not starstruck you know he feels like he is able to um you know honestly come to Peter and um, maybe have a little heart check moment with him. And I mean, I, what a good example to us uh, just for like when, when we see another believer, um, a brother or sister in Christ who is choosing to, um, and may, may be unaware like of what they're doing um, that's not in line with, with the gospel, like to, to be able to speak the truth in love. And we don't see exactly how he brought it to him. Like if he was, I mean, how often do we see Paul being super gentle? I don't know, but I'm sure that there was a lot of truth in what, you know, and I don't know, he probably was a little bit bold in what he said with Peter, but um, 
it's just like you see the importance of that because what if he hadn't for fear of you know hurting Mm -hmm. his feelings or whatever of course spoiler alert we're gonna move into thessalonians on friday where paul says i was gentle among you like a nursing mother is with her with her children um but uh, yeah paul was appropriately bold and maybe sometimes uh Maybe sometimes a, a little, a little edgy in his confrontation of others. I think he, you know, deeply regrets at the end of his life that their early confrontation with Mark. That's hard, you know. That's hard to know. But this is this is really important because Paul, more than anything else, wants to see the church uh, freely embrace one another yeah. and freely, you know, come to one another. And of course, if this is you know similar to the situation that eventually would call for a council. You know, in the city of Jerusalem, where you know the Jewish church and the Gentile church come together, the Judaizers are not just saying that believers ought to be circumcised, but they're saying they ought to be circumcised and embrace the law of Moses in order to be saved. And that's where Paul said, "Wait, wait, just a minute. Hmm. Uh, there's only one thing that brings salvation, and that's not uh, the works that we done, or that we have done, or that we endeavor to do, but the works done for us." You knew through Christ Jesus okay. on the cross. Before we run out of time, can, okay. can we please talk about the last few sentences and kind of explain or work through what some of that might mean? Because I know for me, reading that, that's what is it? What sentence is it? That, for through um, the law? For through the law. Yeah, I died to the law, right? <laughs> um, and now I live for God. So. Can y'all just like walk us through that a little? Oh, that yeah, that is that that is deeply rich. Uh, by being a student of the law, be deep, being deeply versed in the law, uh, by being immersed in the law from childhood, I realize that the law is leading me to right. Christ, and when it finally leads me to Christ, I die to my righteousness that has been found in the law to receive His righteousness, which is by faith in His finished work and by grace in him so it said the law is actually what has led me to die to the law I didn't just decide to cast off the law mm-hmm. and of course that's what Jesus said don't think that I've come you know to abolish the law or the prophets I've not come to abolish but to fill not one you know little dot or little edge of a letter will pass away until everything has been accomplished and so Paul is saying the law is, and he will say that you know later in chapter yeah. four I believe it is the guardian yeah. it's, it grabs me by the hand and it takes me to Christ so I can be justified to Christ and once it's done that it, it's served it served its purpose mm. yeah. uh, in guiding me to Christ but we can be informed uh, by the law but we are not under you know the law mm-hmm. mm. yeah I mean what a what a rich image that that the law was always meant to lead us to Christ you know and to show us our deficiencies to show us the holiness of God and our inability to live up to that and and really to carry us I, I love that image of just hold our hand and lead us right to Christ when we look at the law and I mean that's what we're seeing Paul say like a I mean, if anybody tried to live up to the law, it was me, you know, and mm-hmm. and yet even then I found that that I couldn't achieve my own salvation, and that you know that something else had to happen. And it was by faith that I was justified, not you know by works of the law. And, and of course, twenty one kind of sums that up. You cannot, um, you know, if, if righteousness could be gained through the law, and the problem is not in the law; the problem is in us. We are bound, mm-hmm. you know, over to sin. So as Isaiah said, even our best efforts become filthy rags, you know, as far as producing, 
in who righteousness goes. And he said, if the law could have done that, we wouldn't have needed Christ. But because the law can't do that, we so desperately need Christ. Mm -hmm. And then verse 20 pulls it together beautifully. I have been crucified with Christ. It's my union with Christ where his death becomes my death. And then you have the next part of it. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me where his resurrection becomes, you know, the first fruits of my resurrection. So uh, not only have I died with Christ, but in Christ I have been given this gift of new life because of the Spirit and because Mm -hmm. he resides in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me, Mm -hmm. which is the heart of Union yeah. with beautiful expression of union and it's, with Christ. It's true of the Jew and the Gentile. Mm-hmm. You know, as God brings together one body, you know, this this is what this was kind of the vision. You yeah. know, is that we would receive, you know, by faith this this gospel and, and live in light of it. And I love even you know we talked about the the rebuke when he opposes Cephas. It's not you know hey you're preaching a different gospel. It's you're not acting in line. You're not living in line with the gospel. You're not There's in some light deep of this. implications. Mm-hmm. You know, that come from the way that we live, the way we embrace one another, the way we yeah. receive one another, the way we worship Christ, everything, everything changes. Um, you know, Paul will later say, you know, through, you know, the gospel, I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. The things that once held me, attached me, had my affections, they're, they're no longer, you know, alive to me because I'm alive to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic image, you know, that he uses here. Which expresses this beautiful union we have in Christ, mm-hmm. and um, we've we've gone well past time. <laughs> Matt, you mind yeah. closing us with a prayer? Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ Jesus, and we thank you that um, by faith in Him we we receive life. Um, not because of our own works, not because of the works of the law, but um, purely by grace. And so, Father, would you help us to to live and, and to act in light of that? Um, God, would you help us to to worship you, to enjoy you, to follow you, and obey you um, with all that we are as as we continue to um, to live as your people in this world? And Father, would you um, glorify yourself through us? Um, continue to draw men and women and children to yourself. Um, through the gospel. Father, that's our prayer. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for the encouragement it is to read scripture in community. Um, God, continue to be with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.